Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shiloh Ghoul itself. itself. This is a Dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Dagger for Sightblinder. May you find shade this day. How's the original, the OG Shadester doing? <laughs> Sarah? <laughs> Uh, I'm good. That sounded pretty shady, Adam. I mean, just because I don't know that lingo that, that well, you know? <laughs> sure. I, I don't know. I, I wonder how, when the last time I called someone a shadester was. Probably never. Uh, and I wonder when the next time I'll ever call someone a shadester is. <laughs> next week when you say hi to me. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems to fit, actually, so... Uh. Yeah, probably. So rude. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Does it? No. Canadian shade. Mm-hmm. Throw that. Exactly. Canadian shade. Uh, yeah, so we're back. We have more more chapters. More what? More what? We're almost done, The Dragon Reborn. I realized that the other day. I was like, man, we only have a few chapters left after this. And then we hit the best book in the series. Man, I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to see what your reaction to it is. I know. I hope you didn't overhype it. I'm sure I did. I I mean, that's the crappy thing about you're like, this is the best. And like, to me, it's very good. I really super enjoy it. Like, and I'm unapologetic about it. But at the same time, uh, like I know what I mean when I say it's my favorite right you, you don't necessarily just off the top of your head you're not like oh yeah he what he means is like it's it's pretty good because of this but not you know like there's there's certainly and like the first you, I bet the first 10 chapters you'll be like why do you like this book like it doesn't oh, no. it's not it's not awful no it isn't awful <laughs> but it's it, it's a very very slow start okay okay that's good to know and it's fine like I I tend to be more of like a journey before destination like that that's the way I have to view a lot of these books is just like it you get there and it's fun to just experience what the characters are experiencing right so Makes sense. anyways I'm, I'm excited to start what is my favorite unless it's book 11 I like book 11 a lot too which is okay. the last one he wrote before Robert Jordan died well we are a ways away from that one still uh, we could just skip to that one. Yeah, I'm sure I would handle that totally fine. <laughs> Narrator, <laughs> she wouldn't. <laughs> All of the questions would happen. Okay, um, so we are going to talk about today chapters 40 to 49 in The Dragon Reborn. Although everything before that, everything in the show, et cetera, et cetera. I have a little bit of show news, like tiny, tiny tidbit. 
mm-hmm. and then we can hop into the book stuff. Let's do it. Cool. So um, we know that they were filming season two in Morocco and they were there for like two months, something ridiculous. Um, but there was photos that surfaced of Karima McAdams on set and she isn't confirmed to be cast in season two of Wheel of Time, but she has been confirmed by her agency that she was in Morocco for a large project. And since there were photos of her on set, people are, you know, putting two and two together here. Um, and, and frankly, how many large projects are there in Morocco? Right. Maybe so, a lot, actually, but. But the the speculation is that she would play Celine, um, and there a lot of people are coming to this speculation and coming to this conclusion because she is the same like body height and build and etc. as the stand-in that the crew was using for all of the scenes involving Celine. Uh, so mm. could be interesting, and I don't know if you have. This is like the one thing for me whenever I'm um, reading a book and then also watching, whether it's a a series or a movie or whatever, um, if there are characters that haven't, that I've met in the book and haven't been cast, I'm always curious if they'll match how I've envisioned them and like my mental eye. Um, And she doesn't, which is not a bad thing. Karima McAdams. Karima McAdams yes and just and it's not a bad thing it's, it was just something that I noticed this out of the K yes oh okay <clears throat> yeah she's pretty enough I think yeah I, I it's not um it wasn't a bad thing it just I just didn't I don't know it doesn't, well, uh, it doesn't match what I had ha- yeah so so I guess the the thing for me is how do you how how can you cast Lanfear Celine like this person who yeah it's like the epitome of like you have to be like almost perfectly beautiful and like it's almost like you can't really find a person like that but right like she she's actually very pretty that's that's cool like I don't know, you either have to deliberately like cast someone who isn't that pretty Mm -hmm. so that it's almost like people notice and they're like, oh, like they're trying to make it, they're like trying to show that you can't find someone as pretty as her. So, you know, or you have to actually, I I don't know, she's, she matches ish what I had pictured. So that's cool. Yeah. So just fun little thing since they seem to keep they're they're very tight-lipped on who has been cast and who hasn't and all this stuff yeah they're like star wars yeah all right so that's uh that's all i got for you show wise okay well that that's um something I, I i guess the cast is somewhat pretty to be in a show okay mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> shocker i know uh, yeah, I mean, you can, uh, who knows if she's a good actor. I, I, probably other people do. I, I'm not familiar with her work at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you, one would hope. I, I think I think that I'm farther, far enough away from my teenage years that 
uh, I would actually prefer a good actor or actress over over someone who's just pretty. Right, um, right. Well, hopefully she has both. Yeah, I, I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure if, if this is, you know, accurate speculation and she is cast, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm also curious, like, I don't know. I feel like they would do some kind of special effect around her in general to kind of make her stand out from everyone else. Hmm. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Just thought. Ooh. So one thing <laughs> that I remembered that we both swore viciously after we discovered that this is true, uh, we didn't do the Mac or the most sus. So Mac, for those of you yeah. who are new listening, most annoying character from the last segment. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do the most sus character mm-hmm. from the last segment uh, or episode. So we need to do that. We need to rectify that, Sarah. Yeah, so we should do that before we go into the chapters. Um, yeah. Okay. So for this is for chapters, uh, what? 30 to 39. 30. Okay. Yeah, 30 to 39. Um, okay, so the only person here that is screaming, like, not even screaming, but, like, hinting towards being sus is um, the Falcon, Zareen, Fail, whatever she wants to call herself. Fail. Uh, fail. <laughs> uh, man, I, only because it's it she just is giving off that like suspicious those stereotypical suspicious traits like she's you know staring at Perrin and watching them and clearly like following them around and showing up where they are and like you know mm-hmm. it's just all very suspicious behavior so there isn't really anyone else i don't think that yeah, i mean really like stood out to me that would be yeah I think you're right. I think that, yeah. So there's, I mean, the, there's all there's obviously like we're gonna meet dark friends and stuff. Like mm-hmm. you know, like people who are trying to the, the guy who tried to kill Matt and the, you know, like right. of course, of course, those guys are sus. But like, are they really worth noting as such? Right. That that's an obvious sus. Yeah, it's like Narg being the most annoying character. Like, someone who isn't a Trolloc, please. Never living it down. Uh... <laughs> not, not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who would you say is the Mac from these chapters? Because no one really annoyed me. Yeah, well, and it's, it's tough because... Oh, you spelled Matt Mata at one point. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's fine. Totally uh, fine. Um, you also spelled Harbor with a, an extra U. You yes. spelled it in the Canadian after the Canadian fashion. I did. I did. Is that actually just out of curiosity? Is that oh. note? Is that like a typo? Like, does it does it recognize it as a typo on yours? Yes. On your Google Docs. It does. Uh, okay that, that's fine <laughs> actually i cl- i clicked on it and it says change look change locale to british english right actually so if i okay that's totally fine okay anyways we've so i mean we see all the different characters i think mm-hmm. i think that i think that you can make an argument that Egwene is the most annoying 
Poor Egwene. Okay, so what about Egwene, though, is an- annoying you? Oh, well, I, I think I think it's it's either her or Elaine, one of the two. But mm. like they're so they're they're hanging out with the Aiel women and they're just acting so freaking ignorant. And, mm-hmm. and like like they're they're like, well, we're trying to understand kind of, but then they just keep like putting their foot in their mouths and it's like saying things that uh, I don't know. They're th- to me, it, it just seemed like they could have been a lot more circumspect about things that they said. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, there, there was a lot of things that, they, they kind of annoyed me, their, their whole interaction with the IEL. But at the same time, I don't know how much better I would do. So it's right. like hard to say. And Nynaeve, meanwhile, is like screaming at the top of her lungs because she has to be angry to channel, which mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to see that some more in this, in, in this series. So we get just get used to that but it's kind of annoying as well what are your, <laughs> what are your thoughts um i can kind of see Egwene, and i feel like Egwene and elaine would be like a combo of being annoying like they make each other annoying just because of how they're interacting with each other el Egwene. el Egwene. because <laughs> i can understand Egwene's like hesitancy to just blindly trust the aiel and like sure. not and you know she is ignorant like you said but i can understand her i can understand her point of view a little bit more than i can understand elaine's um and i feel like they are just kind of feeding into each other instead of you know making the situation better which is funny for me to say because elaine is trying to get Egwene to realize that it's it's okay and you know to not do certain things but it's so in a lot of ways Elaine is worse because at least Egwene's like well I, I don't claim to know anything about the IEL right and, and Elaine's like oh well here's all this stuff and and the IEL are like oh you don't know crap either so. <laughs> but like wouldn't it just be easier to just say I don't know anything about like you and where you come from and like yeah. your upbringing like wouldn't that just be easier okay so there's there's also the embarrassment factor because they're passing themselves off as Aes Sedai right and I'm like Aes Sedai wouldn't act like that like grow up like be more mature stop it mm-hmm. and they they need to grow up and be more mature of course but because they're just accepted at, at the same time I just I'm like well you're saying you're Aes Sedai and now you're you're making people think Aes Sedai are dummies right um yeah, that's bad too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't but, think it's any of the other characters. Like, uh, no. Moraine is perpetually annoying in this. She to is some degree, but she's she not very nice. She doesn't do anything in these chapters that's more annoying than usual. Okay, that's fair. So, Elguane, then Elguane, it is. Man. Very good. Okay, so now that we've addressed that, we can hop into the actual assigned reading. Let's do it. 40 assigned cha- reading. Assigned <laughs> reading. Chapters 40 to 49. It's like a book report. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm back in class. Sorry. 
Sorry. Okay. So chapter 40 is a hero in the night. So we go back to Matt and Tom and they are still on the Grey Gull. So that's the ship that they were on when it was, you know, quote unquote mm-hmm. attacked. Um, had its Erangel and Matt's opened Elaine's letter to her mom, which is interesting. Um, but he's pretty much decided that this letter is why people are after him and, you know, trying to kill him. Okay. Um, whatever the contents of this letter contain. Uh, anyway, so they, they do dock and they're looking for an inn. Um, and I liked this because Matt immediately <laughs> just starts playing dice, like against this innkeeper for them to have rooms at this at this inn have a room at this inn and then decides to just double up and be like hey we need horses too uh, so so you skipped i, I do like mm-hmm. that part you skipped you skipped an important part because oh sorry well uh, just because i it was just funny because la- last episode i was talking about how you know like there is sometimes these this thing where the where robert jordan like kind of thumbs his nose at the readers and says mm-hmm. like only in a story would some something like this happen yes Mm-hmm. you know like only in a story would one man fight 10 and win mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the one and then the one man goes and fights 10 men and wins and mm-hmm. you know and it's like well we're in a story so you know cool so uh, at the same time like so if matt gets off the docks and he's telling tom he's like i'll do i only do things for money like i'll do i'll help people if they can pay and he's acting all mercenary and and also tom is also just like oh i haven't noticed you do anything nice to for anyone ever and and at some point like that matt sees he's like only fools in stories like help other people for no no cause at all mm-hmm. or something like that and and then just like a couple sentences later, he sees a woman with with a couple kids and they're all fugitive, or not fugitive, but refugees. And <laughs> and so he throws them the like a bunch of money and he's like, like, go feed your kids and, and all this stuff. And then mm-hmm. and then Tom's looking at him weird. He's like, what? They were they're were crying loudly. It was obnoxious. Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, he, but he had that exact thing, like only only heroes in stories did stupid things like that yeah and then he did it himself i i do remember uh laughing at that part so i should yeah. have only because i listened to it pretty much the, immediately after we had recorded that and i it did stick in my brain that you had talked about that so it, it was just a fun i i, I chuckled to myself like i didn't I don't think I would really care that much about it, except I had just called out like that one, that yeah. one element of craft mm-hmm. that Robert Jordan uses, and then, and then he's like, "Oh, hey, here, here it is!" Like in the in the first like couple pages, kind of. Mm-hmm. Then goes and does it. Yeah. Anyways. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so they so Matt Matt wins. He's got they got yes, a place to stay. They got horses. Yep, wins. He he always wins. Uh, anyway, so then we we meet these these people from the Illuminators Guild that are have come to Moose and other people that are there. They're trying to kill this this person, Eludra, um, because mm-hmm. she did not keep the secrets from the Illuminators Guild, apparently. Um, yeah, she's and, making fireworks. Yeah, for, and setting them off and selling some of them to. Yeah feed herself yeah yeah so 
and she uh, she remembers she's in she's from book two right as well like she she has like a small part but when they go into the illuminators guild mm-hmm. uh it, sneaking around and carrying anyways go ahead sorry mm-hmm. no um it's just one of those times again where matt decides to intervene and it's right. like now gonna gonna help her that, so that they don't kill her and mm-hmm. you know tom throws him his quarter staff and they just start defending her and win uh well, yeah, because he's a badass of the quarter staff. We've we've established yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then eventually everyone just kind of goes on their separate ways, and they they leave, and that's that's that. He tries to give Aludra mm-hmm. some money, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she gives them fireworks. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think I think one of my favorite parts though was at the end, like because Matt keeps telling Tom like I'll only do things for people who like he, he's giving that that kind of tough guy persona of like i'll only help people who who can pay i'll i don't i don't want to help anyone and then he just jumps in and does stupid things like that Uh, you Mm -hmm. know like if he even he's like i'm a fool for helping her you know like next time i try to do something hero like that tom like kick me and and stuff but then (laughs) but then like aludra is older than him an older Mm -hmm. girl and you know he's she she talks she tells tom like like oh he's young yet but you know blah 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 and Tom's like yeah he's he's not nearly as bad of a person as he likes to say he is or likes to think he is yeah just calls him on it yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's it's just it's a very telling thing of like Matt just Matt Matt's character like he wants to think that he's just like this villain almost mm-hmm. but in reality he's he's not he's he actually wants good things for even for just random people he's not selfish the way he thinks he is kind of yeah yeah agreed okay um so chapter 41 is a hunter's elf so we go back to karen and they were all on the boat because they were leaving um and they're headed to Ilian. So they're there, they're, they're getting there, they're docking. Um, Zareen is asking a bunch of questions to Moraine, which aren't really, you know, getting answered. And she's planning to stay with them still. She still thinks that they're going to help her get to the Horn of the Lear. Um, and Perrin is having all of these struggles with the wolves and can't hear them, but he's having dreams of Popper, which are interesting. Um, yeah. And... Anyway, so they get off this boat and Moraine is basically trying to insist that Zareen should leave and not come with them. She's still saying she's going to do it. And Moraine basically says like, okay, but you have to swear that even after you learn what we are up to, you are not going to um, leave. Like you have to stay with us once you learn. And then you can't ask questions. You have to be useful. Um, Basically saying she's only going to tell her as much information as she wants to tell her and makes her swear on this and then is which she she agrees to um mm-hmm. and then Maureen's just like oh yeah and i guess like parent can basically be your babysitter and and watch over okay. you make sure you stay in line and uh, it's just he immediately is like me like what <laughs> what the yeah <laughs> yeah and it's just the funniest reaction because he's clearly very affected by her 
Um, and mm-hmm. Moraine's like, yeah, you can just, you can handle this. It's fine. <laughs> Narrator. He couldn't. He couldn't. Not yeah. that we wanted him to. No. Um, yeah. So that is basically that. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think it's funny. Like they, it, it get it gets out that like the whole crew knows that Moraine's an nice to die. Yeah. Which she wanted to keep secret. Mm-hmm. But but the reason it got out, and Perrin doesn't even know who said it, but he let he had let himself get drawn into a shouting match with her. With Zareen. And maybe mm-hmm. that's the maybe that's the next chapter. I don't remember. But but like he it, he just like kind of casually mentions it in his in his you know like thought process and stuff. And it just made me laugh. Like he he just sees it. Uh, he, like he's so methodical and calm and you know Mm -hmm. like does and he tries to not not let all the emotions get you know and and yet he then he he has the situation where he gets pulled into a shouting match with her in front of everyone and Mm -hmm. he just lose totally loses it Mm -hmm. so like you said he is absolutely affected by our sus our sus yeah yeah um yeah okay so the next chapter using the badger yeah, real quick yeah real sorry. quick um so what do you so predict now please okay okay oh okay yeah what's what is her role going to be moving forward falcon Zareen, yeah. whatever her name is yes this this woman girl person Okay, so she she obviously like I, I this is very stupid to even say, but just talking to her, she obviously has a connection to Perrin specifically since she is the falcon that's perched on his shoulder. I almost feel like I almost feel like she is going to be romantically involved with Perrin somehow. Okay, Maybe. she's I I don't think she's going anywhere anytime soon. Like you think she's going to be a long-term character? Yeah. Or okay, just curious. Okay, I'm not going to confirm or deny anything. I could see her. She has the type of personality so far that I have noticed that I could see her doing something reckless and getting killed. Um, but no, I don't think she's going anywhere anytime soon. Okay. Cool. Uh, I think I think that that's a good I don't know I don't, I don't want to give anything away I think I think what you're saying is reasonable is what I, I'm trying to say I don't know enough about her to really know what her role would be to Perrin in mm-hmm. terms of like encouraging him or teaching him anything or or whatever um so yeah okay well we'll know at some point Mm-hmm. soon-ish mm-hmm. I won't even say it. it's not really even in this book necessarily but like soon-ish mm-hmm. we'll know more so I wanted to wanted to just see what your thoughts were so okay. thank you okay. thanks for indulging me I like that uh okay so in in this chapter um 
she's telling Karen all about the city and uh, like the square where she took her hunter's oath and all this this stuff. And um, they're they're walking through the city and Loyal's getting nervous because this city's been built um, by Ogiers and he's worried that people are going to come to him and and like collect him so to speak for repairs and all this stuff and everyone's kind of reassuring him that that won't happen well he's, he's worried that other ogier are gonna take mm-hmm. him back to the steading that's what he's mm-hmm. worried about i think um well and like i think it's perrin that's reassuring him or it might be moraine i can't remember who who it moraine was. moraine wouldn't reassure it's probably perrin yeah. um just reassuring him that no one's coming it's just i don't know why i find it so entertaining when loyal worries <laughs> so you, you could be moraine it's <laughs> it's so mean i realized but i just find it so entertaining i'm like oh loyal you poor little thing i remember when my first son was still just a little baby and he would cry about things and i'd take it so seriously and my little sister would laugh she'd think it was so funny mm-hmm. you know like she was an adult just a young she just thought it was so cute that he was crying and i was like could you just shut up like i was so annoyed <laughs> you know he's he's my little boy like yeah. I, i'm his crying is tragic to me mm-hmm. and she's like it's just cute i don't know like I yeah. will not murder her in her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, loyal worrying is just entertaining. <laughs> that's... I don't know. I know that's terrible. Anyway, um, okay, but parents notice it is a little bit. It is. He's he's noticing that people in this in the town are um, they all like seem angry, like they seem off, uh, which is interesting. I think. Anyway, so they get to to this inn using the badger. That's what it's called. And the innkeeper is Nieta, Nida, I don't know, Nida. Sure, that's color the same thing as that captain, that imperial captain in Star Wars. Yeah. Nida. Apology um, accepted, Captain Nida. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so she is a blue Aja, which is interesting. Um, Wait. So is she not? So okay, yeah. To to be blue Aja, you have to be a nice today. Right. Okay. Sorry. So she's she. I, I don't know how clear they are, but I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say she is. She's one of the eyes and ears for okay. the blue Aja. So so she's affiliated with them. Certainly, she works for Moraine or other blue Aja people like Sherium is uh, or. Uh, I guess I guess Swan is not technically Blue Aja since she's the Omerlin and she's of all mm-hmm. all of them. But uh, uh, yeah, Blue. So she works for them. She sends her reports to the tower to the Blue Aja, and you know that's so all of, all of the different Ajas have like a whole spy network. Yeah, everywhere, and so she's she's part of the Blue. Okay. But yeah, because network. she's she's talking to Moraine, and it's it's like I got the vibe that like she was using a code like she's calling moraine mary and she's talking about this guy that nobody's heard of this lord brend person um but moraine is obviously concerned based off what she's hearing so like it doesn't make sense to anyone listening 
but Moraine was able to decipher it and be concerned about it. I think it was pretty straightforward what she said, yeah. actually. I think it was just like it the so I know I know all the things kind of that are happening there. Like maybe not all of them. I don't I don't remember everything, but uh surprise, but <laughs> <laughs> uh but I yeah, like Lord Brand, I mean they we find out what right and who he is and stuff. And there's I think that yeah like the so this whole the whole thing that's very interesting to me like all all of this this whole book is all about dreams which yay for me of course but um (laughs) your favorite thing but this is this is all about uh, you know everyone has the same like they're all all dreaming of similar things Mm -hmm. and uh, they're all like connected in their dreams and yeah 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 Mm -hmm. like I don't think that there's another book that has this much just like pervasive dream stuff like Mm -hmm. they they just talk about dreams everyone everywhere every town is affected by dreams Mm -hmm. and people are dreaming about the sword they're dreaming about they're dreaming about Rand there's a there's a thing in um I forget it I forget which place it was, I guess in Terre, that we'll talk about a little bit mm-hmm. later, that they, they dream about Rand and mm-hmm. other people are dreaming about, I mean, everyone's dreaming about a similar thing mm-hmm. everywhere. So it's, I don't know quite what to make of it because I think that Robert Jordan was like, wow, I really went overboard on dreams. Like I'm gonna back, <laughs> gonna back up just a little bit. Dial like, it, dial it back a bit. Uh yeah because I, I actually don't mind it as much it's just mm-hmm. it's one of those early series things too of like so so we find out who lord brand is eventually and we it, mm-hmm. it's like oh okay so that's why everyone is so angry all the time and grumpy and pissed right. off like half right. the people are just like have lost their you know lost it and you're like, oh, I, I guess I can understand that. That's that's fair, uh, given who he is and everything. Uh, but then you don't really see evidence of that sort of thing mm-hmm. later. Like this is this is like that time that Moraine in book one, mm-hmm. like, is a giant and walks over the wall. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then you never see it happen again. Yeah. Like that's it's like oh he decided that would probably be overpowered for like the continuity of the story so we'll we'll just leave that but if you didn't redact it that's fine mm-hmm. uh, but it's like a one-time thing and these dreams are in a lot in a way like the, the way they're impacting people is is a little bit like a one-time right a one-time thing yeah so okay just as an observation from from a long time reader that's fair because like for me like the dreams I'm like is this Especially because in this book, they're so connected, like you were saying, and you're seeing everyone else in each other's dreams. You're kind of like, okay, it's another world, but is what's happening in them real? Is it not real? Is it just a hint of the future? Like you're trying to decipher it and all this kind of fun stuff, you know? I do know. Um, okay. Anyway, so they get their rooms, they go upstairs and they're going to have dinner and all this fun stuff. Um, but parent ends up when, when they're having dinner he smells something is wrong like something's bad and doesn't know what it is he just knows that something smells wrong um and then he realizes that it's these six men that are kind of walking towards them that that smell wrong quote unquote 
and they decide to attack. They have knives and they focus in on Perrin and man, I love this part, man. And he, he just doesn't really know what happens. And then they're dead. <laughs> he, he rips one of the chairs apart with yeah. his bare hands. He's like grabs a chair. He doesn't have a weapon because he's at the table. So he just rips a chair apart because he's so strong and beats them to death. It's so cool. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it's that it's also very similar to what you were saying last week about like only in a story, one man mm-hmm. could take on 10, like parent takes on all six of these guys and then they're dead. Well, Lan is there too. Yeah. But like parents, the one ripping chairs apart and yeah, it's epic, man. I, a, I love it. Being a brute force. Um, a ba- I thought that the B that you're going to start with was badass. Yeah, but, that too. But yeah, like I, <laughs> I think I think it's just it's so cool. Like they have a bouncer there, you know, and he's like ready to to jump in and fight or whatever. But Perrin and Lan kill all six of them, and it's done before before the bouncer can even react. Yeah. Like they're all just like. <laughs> They're just like dead. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, really epic. Yeah. Anyway, so it turns out these guys were gray men. Mm-hmm. So they're all all dead. And Moraine. So this is this is the thing with Moraine. Like this happens, and then she, you know, pulls Lane aside at the at the inn and is like, I I have to go somewhere, and I've got to go by myself. Um, mm-hmm. So if I don't come back, then you need to protect Perrin, um, and you're you're just gonna stay here. And it's like this, this whole altercation incident just happened. And you're like, oh, I'm going to leave. Right. And not tell you why. <laughs> yeah. At one point, Lan got a pretty good one on her, though. He's like, mm-hmm. I forget what he's, he was like, oh, like, are you sure you don't want me to just go hang out with uh, Maurice Sedai or whatever? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I forget if it's this part or, or later, maybe it's a little earlier even, but just, I would. Oh, yeah, he's, he's like, I just, I just love that give and take. He's just like, mm-hmm. you know what? You're going to do this to me. I'm going to like make you suffer for it a little bit, Moraine. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It is. Um, okay. So, but then in the next one, in the next chapter for Shadow yeah. Brothers, Lan is now wanting to know how Perrin knew that these guys were, that the gray men were there and that they were, you know, yeah. bad news um bad news bears bad, bad news bears um anyway so they end up going outside of the inn and they find this like i guess it's like like a paw print of sorts that's kind of in the stone and lands yeah. like, this is a a dark hound print which is yeah interesting so it's a dark hound a uh shadow spawn yeah that's the word mm-hmm. i was looking for thank yes. you Yep, there's Shadow Spawn. Yep. And this this might be there might be a couple other Shadow Spawn, but but at this point, like we're we have we have a pretty full knowledge of all the different Shadow Spawn. Okay. Now there's just not made too many more, if I remember correctly. Um yeah, so he he sees these prints and then he's like, Okay, well, I need to go find Moraine wherever she went and tell her about this. And Perrin, you know goes back to the inn and is trying to find he ends up trying to find hopper in his dreams to see if he can learn about dark hounds that way um and 
this is again exactly what you were just saying everyone's in each other's dreams because he gets there and he feels like he's in somebody else's dream (laughs) and matt is there he sees matt playing dice or a cup of dice whatever with with balsamon um and he sees Egwene and even elaine there that are basically getting caught in a trap of some sort um and yeah so he's clearly not in his own definitely feels like he's in somebody else's dream anyway when he wakes up though uh Mm. comes in and she asks him if he is the dragon reborn she's just asking all the questions um and then moraine comes barging in because i guess lance found her and you know saying that the forsaken are there in town and that one of them is is ruling so we clearly know what's going on and that's why everyone in town is so angry yeah yeah so so lord brand is here and he's he's samuel which yeah. you know yep which we get into in the next one. Oh yeah i'm sorry no no you're good because that's exactly what like the next chapter in, in hunted you you learn that he's samuel and he's you know he's the one oh. who sent the dark hounds to Ilian. yeah well but, i mean he's in Ilian. Yeah. Um, oh yeah your, your note says that but this is actually this this chapter i believe is is we can we can have a we have a callback moment to something mm-hmm. i told you earlier in the book but let's let's get to it and then i'll then i'll explain okay um yeah so he she's explaining that he is samuel he's a forsaken he sent for, for the dark hounds but she doesn't think he sent for the gray men um and then this is where perrin is you know immediately just slips up and I was like well why would the gray man come for me when Rand is the dragon reborn which you know he says this in front of the innkeeper he <laughs> says it in front of Zareen so now Moraine yeah. is like dude like keep your mouth shut and is swearing these other two to secrecy and now also she's like Zareen can't leave like she absolutely has to stay with us now that she knows this information like yep cannot go you have no choice now <laughs> You're stuck. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fail. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Fail on fail. Yeah. Failure upon failure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they they're obviously going to be leaving the town. Parent wants to know what's going on. Like all this kind of stuff. He's just shooting at Moraine where she lets it slip that Matt's already blown the horn of the yeah. deer and uh, now Zurian's like oh like the hunt's the hunt's over <laughs> yeah she's like wait someone already found it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just so funny because this whole time you know when she's first introduced she's like yeah you guys can help me find the horn of Valir." i'm like oh you're gonna be in for such a disappointment yeah. when you realize what's happened and that's exactly how it how it happens um yeah and then we end up switching to matt for the rest of the chapter yeah. so was the callback in this part or was it in the map part? Oh, okay. So it's it's in the next Perrin segment, actually. Okay. Because they, well, hold on. So they, they run. Yeah. Uh, so at what point, at what point, because they, they do have, the, the, they have one more segment here, do they? The, in in their so. section. or Or is it? I feel like when they were running, I feel like it's in this chapter, 
actually. Like they were running from the dark hounds. Yeah, yeah. They are. They're and that's when Moraine lets it slip that okay. Matt had already blown the the horn of Valir. Okay, so so yeah, this is the callback moment because yeah, because this is the last part with with Perrin, I think, in the in this in this particular cast. But uh yeah, so remember when Rand is, you know, like trying to kill those dogs that are chasing him. Yes. And I told you, don't feel bad for the dogs. Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. It's because they're dark hounds. Ah. Oh. And they're shadow spawn. And mm. so if you want to feel bad for shadow spawn, I don't know what to say, dark friend. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Okay. Yes, I do remember that. Okay. That, yeah makes sense yeah but they, they were hunting him and mm-hmm. he 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 lured him in to kill him and you know there, there's there's textual evidence to support what i said we, we don't need to go back to it but okay but yeah he's he didn't even know they were they were shadow spawn he just knew that they were trying to kill him and right he needed i mean honestly in my mind that that's enough that i don't, I don't feel like I've had dogs attack me before, like back when I was like a paper carrier. And mm-hmm. it's like, I kicked one in the head and I don't know if I killed it, but it's like, I don't feel bad if I did kill it because I have to protect myself first, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Noted. Dark hounds. Don't feel bad for dark hounds. Got it. Well, there's some pretty interesting segments with dark hounds in later parts of the series. So, mm-hmm. um. But yeah, so uh, there's another actually really important thing we can't gloss over. Moraine uses an ability that is, uh, it's it's forbidden and it's an an incredibly important thing moving forward in the series. She uses Balefire. Right, okay, yes, that's right. Because she kills them with Balefire. Yeah, like Perrin brings down one hound with mm-hmm. his bow from a long distance. He's like, oh, crap, there's still nine of them. We're screwed. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, she just evaporates them with Balefire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's a forbidden weave. It, it's like a Vada Kedavra, I oh. guess. Like, it's, it's like, and she says, she's like, if anyone knew that I even knew this weave, I right. could be stilled. Ooh. Like, like it's it's a big deal that she knew it and uh, like you can't hardly blame her like it's it's either kill shadow spawn with it or mm-hmm. just be slaughtered for no reason like right. when you could have defended yourself so i can't find faults but at the same time like it's a the, big yeah and that 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 we will enter into the equation more and more as the series progresses okay so make a mental note of that as well yes balefire and actually uh Nynaeve mm-hmm. you used it in the last segment uh, in mm-hmm. the last cast actually when she when she like the Aiel were attacking the Merdral and you know they were ripping yes. it apart with the power yes and she Ny- did Nynaeve, but no one no one like, like understood what it was like they were like what was that because they just like disappeared yeah and that that's what it was interesting okay she just didn't know she about didn't it. know what she did right Okay. Um, okay. So the, the last bit of this chapter is with Matt now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is just, you know, throwing bits of these fireworks that, that Eludra gave him into the fire. Um, and then 
this this group kind of approaches the campsite where him and Tom are mm-hmm. of I think it's two men and a woman or three men and a woman doesn't really matter it's a group group of people yep. and he you know kind of distracts them with more fireworks um because they throws them in the fire yeah yeah he throws them in the fire to distract them and realizes like they have uh blades or whatever they're gonna attack clearly and he recognizes one of them from the ship mm-hmm. one of the attackers so anyway so he uh kills one tom kills one and then tom you know ends up killing the woman as well he like throws the blade at her and you know matt kind of has this moment of like you know you didn't need to kill her she's harmless or and he just and tom points out like she's got a knife like a blade in her hand coming towards you she would have killed you Mm -hmm. um and it's just interesting that matt missed that yeah so and i don't know why he would miss it but he did and then again he just keeps insisting that they're coming after him because he has this letter yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, so matt has this blind spot for Mm -hmm. women yeah in general like you'll, you'll note that more and more he's uh which is, I, I was thinking maybe that's why it was. Like, he just was like, oh, it's a woman. She's not going to kill me. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and actually, they kind of, a, in a way, address that idea in, mm-hmm. in a little later in this, in our, in this cast with uh, Jewel and Sandar talking to the girls mm-hmm. in, in Terror. But we can, we can talk about that later. Um, but Jewel and Sandar, the thief taker that they talk to, yeah. he's like, he's like, I, like when I was young, I, I made the mistake of assuming that a woman wouldn't knife me as <laughs> readily as a man until she did. And now I don't assume anything. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe Matt needs that experience. <laughs> well, yeah, like there's uh, been a couple times now that he's, he's been kind of duped by women, but mm-hmm. he doesn't like this is a good growing portion because matt matt doesn't necessarily he won't be like oh yeah he's she's harmless she's a woman all the time but mm-hmm. he like he, he's you know he's more and more wise about this sort of thing but but yeah you'll see he he treats women a little differently just mm-hmm. like the his upbringing i think is mostly what it is but we we could talk about that as it, we can unpack it as we continue so mm-hmm. um anyways yeah okay so in chapter 45 Camelin so Tom and Matt have, like are making their way they're still trying to deliver this letter and Tom wants to rest mm-hmm. and Matt's like no like we want to go I just want to go get this over and done with type thing and deliver it right away okay. um and he and and he says that he's like you go I'm I'm gonna go off to the palace and he's trying to get through the guards in to go see Queen Morgays and they are not having it they think he's a dark friend they start chasing him when he barely escapes this whole thing um so he ends up going back to the inn back to the queen's blessing where tom was and it's tom and basil and they're they're chatting and you know he asks them about about the palace and all this and basil explains like lord gabriel's here and he's basically replaced half of the guards with his own um Mm. you know after after he became advisor um and you know matt rolls the dice again for luck and he gets 
five single like dot you know one Oops, yeah mm-hmm. so he's a. I really can i just say i really like the the focus of matt and with dice and like his luck here i just i don't know why but yeah it's very intriguing to me uh yeah so i mean he he has this epiphany at some point that his luck Mm -hmm. is all about randomness yes he does and that's in this this section of chapters that he does have that epiphany because he's explaining that to tom later on yeah so one of the most enjoyable parts of this whole series to me Mm -hmm. is like matt realizes this randomness and like so now we get to watch how he learns how to wield his luck right because okay he sees it it's like a quarter staff like you it's a weapon that you could you know you can use it as a weapon whatever in all these different ways and you can and very similarly your luck can be something you use like if you know that you can count on this thing mm-hmm. you need to know all the rules about it you need to know all the parameters and then like why not use it as a tool right like even though even though like you and I might scoff at someone who's say who says like oh my gosh I'm I'm just the worst luck ever or someone who's like I'm just naturally lucky like in this case the luck is a tangible real thing to him at least he knows he's going to be lucky and we see evidence of it so if if we can if that's a given then Mm -hmm. it's just fun to see him yeah you know yeah exactly um anyway okay so the next chapter uh a message out of the shadow so he goes back to the palace and he decides he's going to climb the same wall that rand first climbed that he fell over when he met elaine um so he you know he kind of does this and he falls over and he's hiding um and he overhears this man telling another another one um that he needs to go to tier and he needs to kill elaine and the other two being Nynaeve and Egwene which which you know Matt realizes um and then eventually while he's there listening in he is spotted by another guard and he manages to get out that he has this letter it's from Elaine it's four more gays and he really needs to deliver it and he needs to deliver it in person like he needs to actually just hand it to her he because this you know I think it's Talonvor if I remember correctly that that catches him was like oh well give me the letter and i'll take it to her and he's like no no no, i have to i told elaine that i would do it myself and put it in her hand myself and all this stuff anyway so they uh they go and they let matt in he gives the letter to morgaze and he's got this whole plan about how he's going to tell morgaze like there's somebody in in her palace that wants to kill her daughter and then lord gabriel speaks and asks to see the letter and matt immediately recognizes the voice from earlier on and is like well i can't tell her now because he's here so that plan is shot out the window and then this was really weird to me um it wasn't weird to me how matt kind of maneuvered his way around the conversation after this because you could tell that he was just trying to like get out of there alive and not right. draw suspicion but mm-hmm. it was very strange to me that that Gabriel's like here have 10 gold marks why don't yeah. like go see the world before you go home because Matt's passing it off that he's got to go home to help his 
family on the farm and like all the stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, just go see the world. It's like, this was just super weird. Like just very, why would you care about some random person? You know? Uh, okay. So you, you see, I don't know. Uh, all right. So hmm, now I'm trying to remember. Cause so, I know something, I know something about, about this guy that you, that I don't uh, know. I, I'm guessing you just don't know. Um, but okay. So he's, he's risen to prominence fairly quickly though. Yes. Yes. Which we learn because Matt eventually when we get to the next chapter goes to ask about him. Mm-hmm. But um, so now I'm wondering, and this is just me like spit firing ideas. So I could be completely wrong. Would you, if, if you were Gabriel, pay matt off to go see the world type of thing without paying him off but like you know kind of fund his his trip because you're trying to kill the person that he's delivering a letter for so if you kind of send him on his way go see the world he's far enough away that you can kind of have this happen without him possibly intervening or getting in the way of your plans like would gabriel see him as someone who would be capable of doing that i don't really i think i think he's totally taken in by matt okay. but like i think i think he's matt's totally fooled him here um so i think i think what's happening here is he's maneuvering for like he wants people to see him as generous okay fair and uh, at the end of like that's that's his goal with with the 10 gold coins i don't think that there's any ulterior motive other than oh well here here's my generosity right okay yeah so i'm just looking at it through tinted lenses paranoid eyes yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so to speak (laughs) okay fair so that's what happens there there that is yeah so so yeah then i guess in the next yeah. chapter they they leave yeah well so he, he leaves matt goes yeah he leaves talonvor walks him out to the gate and matt ends up going back to queen's blessing inn and talking to tom and and basil and that's where basil fills him in about gabriel and how he you know quickly became the advisor to the queen this whole thing yeah. um and Matt's kind of there was just this really great line uh Matt you know lets them know that he overheard Gabriel saying this thing and he wants Elaine dead and all this kind of stuff and Paisley's like well did you tell more gays and Matt is so sarcastic with him like yeah I told her everything with Gabriel standing right there like no problems Mm -hmm. that was not a deterrent at all (laughs) but um anyway so they, they do end up coming up with this Tom and Basil kind of come up with this plan to start a rumor because the best way to let the queen know is if she hears it from the people. And if she hears it enough times, she's going to eventually like look into it and become suspicious. So if you start a rumor, it'll eventually make its way back there. And Basil's, you know, explaining how he can, he can start this and he knows exactly who he needs to have over here him and that person's going to just make it run all over town and it won't be traceable at all back to him and you know which is great um and i i did like the end of this chapter so you know matt wants to leave right away and tom's like no we'll leave in the morning and 
Matt ends up rolling for dice again and he rolls five sixes um but he ends up just having this line of how he always wins and so it's bravado it was very very it felt very matt like to me i was like huh matt and i always win Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're like okay bud (laughs) that's cool (laughs) right cool uh yeah so that's that's that and then the next two chapters are with Egwene and Nynaeve and all of them with the girls yeah yeah um okay so following the craft chapter 48 so they're headed to Tyr Egwene's seasick she's trying to get over it this whole thing she's still having still having dreams uh can't figure out can't figure out their meanings all uh, again surprise she can't figure out what they mean um mm-hmm. and they get off the ship and they see the stone of tear and elaine is focused on finding leandrin and the black aja and how they're going to do it Nynaeve doesn't want to stay at an inn it's just all very like felt very divided um anyway but they ended up going and just coming across as they r- rode into town a house of like a wisdom that's I guess not called a wisdom, um, but it's this woman, Mother Gwenna, who's there, and her and Nynaeve are kind of having this. It felt very like like a one up competition, or going over all of their knowledge on herbal remedies and what to do uh, in the case of like pregnancy pains and like all this or labor pains and like all this stuff, just quizzing each other. Um, and then eventually, Nynaeve asks her if they can stay there if there are rooms because she doesn't feel comfortable staying in an inn explains they're being chased they don't have any men with them um and that's when mother Gwenna brings in in julian like you were saying this thief catcher yes to help them so it was a very humorous and interesting chapter i thought yeah oh well, I, I thought it was funny to like elaine said elaine points out that Egwene and i can't stop quarreling yeah yes that's right <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, it is a funny chapter mm-hmm. I, I don't know i i tend to like the the parts with e with, with the three girls mm-hmm. i don't know if it's just because the characters are less relatable to me or whatever like i mm-hmm. i pay it i still listen i still pay attention but they're they're less compelling to me like they just don't feel like they are getting a lot of the aside from when like in in you know when when Egwene and them got captured by the sean chan like mm-hmm. they don't feel like they are having as much of the action it almost feels like they're just going from place to place and speaking to people but there isn't a lot of like Mm -hmm. stuff chasing them almost i don't know that's probably the wrong way to phrase it i i understand what you're saying because i feel it too i don't feel like they're as compelling but but you know that like i i love the parent chapters give me parent chapters all day well so you you have matt who goes in and rescues Aludra and beats the crap right. out of people who are trying to murder her and then he discovers an a set like a plot to assassinate the daughter heir mm-hmm. and he fools the queen and you know and her advisor and 
you know, he sneaks over the wall and he does all this stuff and he's doing all this crazy, all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. And uh, Perrin is destroying chairs and beating people to death <laughs> with them. And he's, he's having wolf dreams and he's doing all this awesome stuff. Right. And, and these girls are like wandering around, getting captured by dark friends. They have to get saved. They, they, there's all this bluster. They're just annoyed at each other. And Mm -hmm. it's, and it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, just stop being like, why can't you break these chairs apart Mm -hmm. and beat someone to death? Like that's going to be fun to read about. Right. So I will say in the, in the last chapter, one, two things I lied. We go back to Matt before we're done here. Um, But they do get like, this last chapter, I was more intrigued with them again. So okay. they they end up in, in chapter 49, which is a storm and tear. So, so this thief taker that Mother Gwen has brought in, Julian, has said that he can help them. Um, and, you know, he's seen like men walking on rooftops and like eventually like the Highlanders are going to call for him, but he'll help them as long as he can essentially until he's needed elsewhere. So Nynaeve describes these 13 women. So Leandrin and and the other members of the quote unquote black Adja. Um, Mm -hmm. And she wants him to help find them, but she doesn't want him to recover the objects that they stole. She just wants to know where they are. Um, And which he like begrudgingly (laughs) agrees to, um, but anyway, so in the evening, Egwene, this is where I ended up getting kind of, I don't want to say hooked, but more intrigued by them. She goes into yeah. her like world of dreams and she sees Leandrin and the other women are there um, and they're all looking at Kalendor uh, and she ends up waking up for the first time by herself. Like no one's actually jolted her awake here. It's the first time she jolts herself awake and um she's able to she tells Nynaeve and and Elaine once they realize that she did this that you know the women aren't here they're in here and they know that Elaine and Egwene and Nynaeve are there and they're waiting for them like they are ready um so this was where I was like okay it's gonna get interesting really quick and then immediately we go to Matt Which uh, it's so funny. Like he's he's like, man, I'm going to have to get so lucky if I'm going to find these girls Mm -hmm. as he walks past the place that they're sleeping and doesn't, doesn't like, he's like, Matt, or he's like, Tom, the girls Mm -hmm. would never be in a place like this because it stinks and and all this stuff. And, and Tom's like, you might be surprised what women have put up with, but okay, let's, let's move forward. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And completely walks past where they're sleeping. Yep, he, he like notes that herbs on in mm-hmm. the window and everything's like, oh yeah, it's they, they would never be here, mm-hmm. which is so amusing. But well, because his uh, luck was right there, he his luck like he would have found right them instantly. The f- and the fact that he saw the herbs like yeah. easily could have just ignored that. But oh, uh, and, and this is where he has the epiphany of his yes. luck. Yeah, so, so I was going to say, he kind of like him in, um, so he, they're in this inn and they, mm-hmm. they're obviously looking for the girls and all this, uh, but they're also looking for Komar, who is the man that Gabriel gave the order to, to go find Elaine and kill her and kill the other two. So they're looking okay. for him as well. Um, and 
they go into the Golden Cup, which I find is appropriately named considering the game that Matt loves to play. And they see him there and he is, Matt notices that he's playing dice and he's like cheating at it basically. So um, Matt decides that he's going to gamble with him. Um, and I think he's using weighted dice because Matt obviously ends up winning anyway, even with the dice being weighted. Uh, and so anyway, Komar ends up pulling out the sword to kill Matt for beating him, I guess. We would like talk about a sore loser. Like, well, well, Matt, actually, Matt. Matt says, like, he tricks him into admitting, like, he says, Right, he's like, yes. He's like, he says Komar's name and startles him. He's like, you better not have killed those girls. He's like, I haven't even found the, he's like, wait, who, mm-hmm. you know, and then Komar's like, I will kill you. Mm-hmm. I forgot that he did that. So, which is, seems fitting that it would be Matt that does that. Yeah, I right? mean, yeah, he's quick-witted. He's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Anyway, but Matt ends up killing him, so I guess yeah. I guess Komar doesn't kill him. Um, but he does he does say to Matt that he's not the only one looking for the girls. So, but but did he say that just to mess with Matt? Oh, maybe. Or I, I always that's what I would do if someone was like had landed the killing blow on me. Say I'd be something. like I'd be like, what thing can I say? It's gonna just mess with that guy's head. <laughs> like, I didn't even think of that. I was just like, oh, well, clearly Gabriel's sending orders out to all these people. Yeah, I'd, I'd just be like, hmm. Yeah. hmm. Okay. But then, like you said, this is where Matt kind of has his epiphany and explains to Tom that like his luck is random. And the only way they're gonna find the girls is if Matt just looks for them randomly and does random things mm-hmm. um, and follows this like randomness. So um, they basically end up looking for three days and Tom's got this cough because the weather sucks and it's getting worse. And then (laughs) Matt starts having dreams about Rand because like you said, everyone's dreaming about Rand. So Matt starts having dreams about Rand and he's with some man and they're weaving a net and good good old dream dream chapters pretty fun huh mm-hmm. so that's that's that there it is there the it end. is almost almost the end so okay so we don't forget mm-hmm. who is your mac and i will i mean i think the only sus person here is gabriel He's not even sus. He's outward. He's being so open about it. He's trying to kill Elaine. Like that's not even really sus. Almost not worth mentioning in in a way. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if there is anyone. I, I don't know if I there is anyone sus. else. I don't think there is anybody else that's sus. Hmm. I think it would be him. So why oh, yeah. does he want Elaine dead is the question. Anyway, that's sure. a Ga- Lord Gabriel. We can say right. that. That's okay. And then who is your Mac? Hmm. Who's your Mac? Hmm. You made me answer first last time. I did. I did. 
it's not Matt and it's not Perrin. I feel like they are doing good stuff. They're being productive members of society. Productive citizens. Yeah. (laughs) Killing those who need to be killed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think it's Tom either. Mm -mm. Don't say Kumar. No. (laughs) Um, He's barely in. I don't. Don't say Leandrin. No. (laughs) I think. I don't want to say Egwene. I don't know. Okay. It's got to be one of the girls, though. It's the most annoying. Yeah. Right? Like, it's got to be. I don't think it's Egwene. I did. I don't know. I did find it annoying when Nynaeve and Mother Gwen were kind of having this like herbal knowledge contest of who knew more than the other one. Yeah, um, they're both showing off their lifted trucks. Yeah, I just found that annoying, but there, I wouldn't <laughs> say it was like the most annoying character level annoying. I don't know. It's- so there, there was a re- there's a moment of saving grace for Egwene when she realizes just how annoying she's being. Mm-hmm. She's like, she did sound like such and such, you know, like she did sound really annoying like she she had this moment of self-realization of like oh my gosh right like I'm just quarreling with Nynaeve just to quarrel kind of thing right and I feel like Egwene also just had this and it's not anything of her own doing but you know her realizing after being in the, in the world of dreams that Leandrin and them are there and they're they're waiting like it felt very redeeming to me and I feel like Elaine hasn't really done anything so maybe I'm annoyed with Elaine like all she did was kind of be like, oh, we should do this. And it almost sounded whiny. And then she said they were fighting the whole time. <laughs> but I feel like she's not contributing anything. Yeah, I mean, none of them are contributing anything to anything. They're just all being <laughs> <known>. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. Okay, well, I'm I'm going with Elaine. Who are you picking? Um sure. <laughs> Let's go with Ivondi Gwen. She's annoying me. All right. Even she though did. she had that moment of re- slight redemption of, of clarity, yeah. yeah. Still annoying. Even she called herself the Mac. So <laughs> who am I to stop her? <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So next week will be the last set of chapters for this book. So there's only seven, it's 50 to 56. All right. So we will wrap up. That's exciting. Sound good? What's going to happen? I don't know. No? Something with Leandrin. Okay. That's my guess. Something with Leandrin. All right. Something with Leandrin it shall be. All right. Um, Anyway, thank you everybody for listening. May you always find water and shape.